We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, let's get into some players that I'm sure everyone's very much anticipating how visits went this past weekend. I obviously hit on a, a visits went very well for at least three players. As Notre Dame received three commitments, obviously from Daniel Anderson, CJ May, and Joseph Reef. But they were not the only ones that were on campus. I wanted to start us off just kind of hitting on a few of the key players that were on campus and what why it matters so much. I'm also going to hit a mailbag next after that. So if you all want to just throw in some questions. And be in front of it would make a lot easier for me to decipher. So let's start off. I, I think that a great way to start here was, of course, you get the you get the big commitments from Daniel Anderson and CJ May during the visit. It was great. I think a, a, another player that I think Notre Dame would I would say that they really moved the needle with this this weekend. A player that Notre Dame came into the weekend actually in really good position for surprisingly was David Williams, who is a cornerback 2025 out of Buford High School in the state of Georgia. So this was actually Devin's second time to campus. He got to campus a little bit later than what he was hopefully anticipating. He got in, I think, I think he said like an hour or two before the game officially kicked off. So he wasn't able to see like college game day or any of that type of stuff, right? But he still had the opportunity, obviously, to get to the game, to see the coaches, talk to Coach Mickens. And I'll say this, guys. If you want to know what the impact that a quarterback can have in a class, look no further than Deuce Knight, who was on campus this weekend. I already talked about it, but he obviously had a big hand in C.J. May committing to Notre Dame. You also have seen him on Twitter, I'm sure, tweeting at guys like Taylor Taylor, who I'll talk about in this section as well. He has been recruiting his butt off since committing to the University of Notre Dame. Another player that he has been recruiting hard is Devin Williams. Firstly, before I get into the Deuce Knight-Devin Williams relationship, Notre Dame was lucky enough in this football game, even though they didn't win the football game, to turn out a really good cornerback performance. Notre Dame received a great performance by Benjamin Morrison in this game, which Brian highlighted on the message board with some stats. They also got a great 
performance from Cam Hart as well. Notre Dame's outside corners were just fantastic in this game in general. There were some other spots, nickel position, that needed to play a little bit better at moments in the game, but the outside corners were dope in this game. And I spoke to Devin, which I believe a uh, th- that piece will probably be up on irishbreakdown.com sometime soon. But Devin Williams had basically said, man, like Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart had both really impressed him. But he thought that maybe Devin Williams, uh, Devin Williams had said that he thought that Benjamin Morrison was probably the best cornerback in college football. That was kind of what he said. Because they obviously had a good performance against Marvin Harrison Jr. They had some good performance against the outside receivers in general. The only guy that really killed him in the passing game consistently was Emeka Buka, who was working from the slot a ton as well. But seeing that impact that a cornerback can have, because he spent a little bit portion of the day talking to, before the game, he got a chance to talk to Mike Mickens and talk to him just about you know what, 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 how he's doing, expectations for the game, that type of deal. And Mike Mickens had told him, like, we're ready. We're ready to go. And the cornerback position was very much ready to go for Mike Mickens at, at outside corner. And I think that made a tremendous impact on him. We, we talk about the the – getting to campus stuff as far as being around the coaches, seeing the campus, you know, digging the student life, that type of thing. But at some point it needs to actualize on the field as far as how good you're going to be, right? Your future. And cornerback position was really good at Notre Dame in 2022. So it shouldn't be a surprise that Benjamin Morrison's a stud. It shouldn't be a surprise that Cam Hart is also very good when healthy. But Devin Williams, I think seeing it with his eyes was big time for him. I, I think that that really kind of moved the needle. And then also talked about this to start already. Deuce Knight is recruiting Devin Williams very hard. They are, they've already been texting. He is pushing for that young man to hopefully be a part of the 2025 class. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply the impacts that a quarterback can have in a recruiting class. You talked about what CJ Carr was able to do in 2024, immediately getting commitments from Cam Williams, 
Jack Larson in the class and then signing, I hope, well, you know, signing day's not here yet, but getting commitments from what appears to be one of the top offensive classes that Notre Dame has had in several years. I think 2025 has a chance to best it when all is said and done. Because I really think that Deuce Knight only increases your chances with guys like Williams, only increases your chances with guys like Taylor and Taylor and offensive linemen that want to block for Deuce Knight. Devin Williams is a beneficiary of that attention right now. So he's not going to rush anything. My plan is this offseason to drop a top 10 or top five at some point, take officials, and then make a decision. That is the that is the that is the object that is the objective for him right now, moving forward. Can things change? Always. Things change all the time. Uh, CJ May, I don't think was a guy that necessarily came into the weekend thinking, I'm going to commit to Notre Dame this weekend. I don't think that's how that happens. So could it always move up a little bit? Sure, it could always move up a little bit. But I really do believe that he will let the process play out a little bit. He still has several visits already planned for the rest of the season. Notre Dame is in this one, though, folks, with a top, a consensus top 100 cornerback in the 2025 recruiting class. Devin Williams is a star. And this visit, I think, showed the potential of the cornerback position at Notre Dame. Showed how much Mike Mickens is changing the fortunes of the cornerback position and has been changing the future, the fortunes of the cornerback position. And it also started to develop relationships that were a little bit deeper than that. So I really think, and I'm, I'm, we're not talking about, uh, we're not talking about firing coaches in this podcast today. So people in the chat that are talking about that, I'm not, uh, that's not my thing, right? It's not my thing. But I really think Devin Williams is trending in a great direction with Notre Dame. Mark Zachary was also on the on the on the visit this past weekend as well. Very talented cornerback out of Ben Davis in Indianapolis, Indiana. So Notre Dame's trending with some really good corners in 2025. I mean, that's not even including still recruiting guys like Dallas Golden, Dorian Brew, Cree Thomas is a guy that Notre Dame would absolutely take, and Notre Dame likes a ton. So the cornerback position, the future there is looking very bright and Hopefully, Devin Williams will end up being a part of that, but we shall see. My only note on 2024 recruiting that I wanted to hit on real quick here, sir, real quick. Davis Andrews, who is a safety out of American Fork in the state of Utah, 2024 safety, who some consider 2026 because he is he is expected, it's unless something changes here. Sorry, they expected to take a, a, a LDS mission. And be a 2026 player technically. He would be a freshman during before the 2026 season. Davis Andrews, though, is a player that Notre Dame loves in this class. Oh, Notre Dame already has three safeties in the class. You have Bronte Johnson, Indiana kid. You have Tabron Benny Powell, who's having a really nice senior season so far. State of Ohio. And you also have Kennedy Erlacher out of the state of Arizona. So you already have a three-man class. But Notre Dame, despite having three men at safety in the 2025, 2024 class, excuse me, they still want Davis Andrews in this class and to eventually make it to campus probably by the, uh, by, for the 2026 season. A young man that, if you watch his film, I think he's incredibly underrated, 6'2", 195 pounds. Notre Dame has been in the driver's seat on this one for some time now was originally supposed to be back on campus this past offseason for the Blue-Gold game. Wasn't able to make the trip, so he went to wait for the Ohio State game. I had reported on this earlier today 
but I had gotten verification from his father, Rob Andrews, that one, the visit went fantastic. I, I don't think it could have went better. And Davis Andrews is finally, officially, he's going to be officially making a college decision on October 2nd. He has set a commitment date for October 2nd. And heading into that visit, we'll talk about it, obviously, previewing it and talking about what's next and all that type of stuff. But Notre Dame's in a great spot for Davis Andrews. I think that they should be looked at as the clear-cut leader, barring something changing. I mean, he's had some other schools that have, had he's been pretty high on at some points. You know, Utah, BYU, which are the traditional Mormon schools, got guys that go on missions all the time. UCLA was also a team that he was talking to for some time as well. Tennessee was another one that had some deep conversations with Davis Andrews. So there's been some good schools on him, but I think Notre Dame has kind of outlasted them and continued to pluck away there. So uh, yeah, Davis Andrews in a very good spot. Notre Dame did a tremendous job on this visit and now they are expecting some good news, hopefully in a couple weeks when he makes a commitment on October 2nd. I want to talk about continued progress with some recruits, which I think is the best way to talk about this is when you have a recruit who is not necessarily who is not necessarily in commit mode you need to be able to continue momentum right to to build it and hold it and then withstand other schools other pitches negative recruiting and everything else in between there are three players i kind of wanted to couple into this section because there are three players that everyone who watches this show and hopefully you watch the show also subscribe to the podcast um but People that watch the show, you should have heard these names a lot. And one was Christopher Burgess, who I just talked about earlier. Defensive end out of Simeon in Chicago, Illinois. 6'4", 240-plus pounds. Viewed as a strong side defensive end in Notre Dame's four-man front. Viewed as a top 100 recruit by multiple platforms. This kid has about as much upside as just about any defensive end in the 2025 recruiting class. I mean, if developed properly... I think Christopher Burgess has the upside to be a star on the college level. He has that type of profile, that type of talent, that type of upside. He was on campus again. And like I had mentioned before, his mom came with him for the first time. First college visit that she had ever been on with Christopher Burgess. And some notes on it. Again, I think Christopher Burgess has been high on Notre Dame for some time now. A player that Notre Dame really, really likes. A player, a player that that also really, really likes Notre Dame. And he's a local kid, obviously. And anytime you have a local kid that you really like, like a Christopher Burgess, you need to keep him at home. Keep him at home. And that's what they intend to do. His mother's going to have a great input into this decision. Got her on campus, and she enjoyed her stay very much. It was very complimentary of the coaches, the vision, the campus. Uh, Christopher had joked like uh, she's she's getting a little old now, so she kind of likes quiet things. So she really liked the Notre <laughs> Notre Dame campus because it's a little quiet, and that's fine. <laughs> if that's what it takes to get Christopher Burgess to campus, it'd be a little bit quiet at times. Hey, man, I'm good for that, right? So Notre Dame's in a good spot here, guys. They really are. You have to play the long game a little bit because there's going to be other there's going to be other visits to other schools where you are going to have to withstand the pressure. But talking to Christopher and and just getting to know him a little bit, I think this is a young man and it comes from a family that really values the bigger picture. 
You know, like there's some players that you talk to them immediately and you're just kind of like, I don't think they get it. And it's, it's not a negative necessarily. It's just that other things are more important to them than maybe just the education, the four for 40, that type of stuff. But then you come across kids like Jeremiah Love, like Jaden Greathouse, like Sullivan Absher, like those types of players where Charles Jagasaw, where it's just like, they get it right. Like they see the bigger picture. Jeremiah Love had many opportunities to go to a lot of different other schools in the SEC, in the Big 12, in Pac-12, everywhere. And some people, you know, uh, made some pretty strong pitches at him, right? We'll keep it like that. Despite that, Notre Dame was able to withstand and show him the bigger picture, and he loved that bigger picture. That was the picture that was more important to Jeremiah Love than the bells and whistles of recruiting. And I think that Christopher Burgess is cut from a similar cloth. So I really think that Notre Dame has a chance to really trend well in this direction. He's a player that you need to be patient with because the process is not over yet, but Notre Dame is in a good spot with Christopher Burgess as of today. And as I reported on earlier in the show, Notre Dame wants Christopher Burgess in this class. He's a guy that is viewed as a musket kind of player for him and a player that they're going to push very hard for. So they did a really good job with Christopher Burgess this weekend, as they did with Taylor Taylor star wide receiver at a Geneva community uh, for people that haven't followed that recruitment. His mother, Venus Taylor is a college softball coach and she's a wonderful lady, by the way. And she has been taking him everywhere, you know, everywhere that he kind of wants to see. It's great that he has a mother, in my opinion, this is my opinion, that understands the recruiting process a little bit. It's a little bit different, you know, recruiting softball versus recruiting, recruiting football, but it's, it's still all the same basic principles as far as expectations and what a program can bring to you. So she gives him a valuable perspective. Ultimately though, I will say this is that his mother's opinion is very much well, well, his family's opinion is very much valued, but Taylor Taylor is going to make the decision for himself when it's all said and done. And I think Notre Dame has put themselves in a really good spot with him. I would say as of today, because right now they're not, they're they're not in the decision-making mode. They've laid it out after the season, official visits. We'll sit down and we'll make a decision. And I believe them because again, his, his mother is very involved in that recruitment, which is good. So I believe that this was not going to end anytime soon, at least not for several months. But I think right now, early leaders for me, if I had to name them, Notre Dame and Michigan, I think are the two teams that are staying up to me for Taylor Taylor. So again, withstand, move forward, continue to get that young man on campus. If you do, I think Notre Dame has a very good chance of having Taylor Taylor in the class, especially with Deuce Knight. I think Deuce, I mean, Deuce Knight's already recruiting him heavy. But again, having a quarterback in the class is a very easy sell to getting wide receivers in the class as well. So I, yes, good spot with Taylor Taylor. I think they continue the momentum this this weekend with him, as they did with Cooper Perry, who's a star wide receiver out of Scott uh, of Scottsdale, Arizona, Notre Dame Prep, 6'2", 190 pounds, wide receiver, really good player, man. He plays in the slot. He plays out wide. One of the better route runners in the 2025 class that I have personally seen in Cooper Perry. I am going to phrase this like this because this weekend was fantastic for Cooper. He loved the energy around the stadium, getting to know the recruits, spent a lot of time with Deuce Knight himself. 
just quite simply on this one is that there's not a, a, a set timeline necessarily. Just I just know that he's not going to rush the decision, Cooper. But Cooper has some family ties to the program. His dad, his grandfather, excuse me, was a student, not a student athlete, but a student at the University of Notre Dame. He he is he grew up loving Notre Dame just in general as a school. And it's a young man that's a top 150 football player in the 2025 class. Like he's a really good wide receiver. Like this isn't just necessarily a throw-in type of situation, right? My only question is because there we I already know we already know that there's a few wide receivers that Notre Dame likes in this class. Taylor Taylor is a, a priority. They really like Derek Meadows. They really like Jerome Bettis Jr. Is he going to be a player that is going their Notre Dame is going to push for? And will they take four wide receivers in the class? That's my questions, right? Because I think if they take four, I think that you have a good chance of pushing for a Cooper Perry, but I just have questions of what the numbers are going to look like. But ultimately, they're recruiting him hard. So I tend to believe, my opinion, no intel here. I tend to believe that there will be room for Cooper Perry when it ultimately happens, right? When he ultimately makes his decision. But numbers are still something that needs to get figured out a little bit. But regardless, another big weekend for Cooper Perry. His second visit to campus, he's already trying to plan another one back. So Notre Dame's in a really good spot with Scottsdale, Arizona, Notre Dame prep wide receiver Cooper Perry. My last update section that I want to go through here, folks, a little bit of a different type, and then we'll hit the mailbag after that. I want to update a few of the recruits that I think were in a little bit of an interesting spot coming into the weekend for for various reasons. We'll just leave it at that. I want to start us off with Michael Roski, who's an offensive lineman out of Watoma, Wisconsin High School. Big kid, 6'7", 280 pounds. If you saw, if you see pictures of him, he does not look 280 pounds, man. He is a really, really physically put together young man. Like he looks like a just a big a kid that was a tight end a couple years ago and just continuing to grow into his body. Like he's a big, big, big kid. And Notre Dame is a guy that he was very high on coming into this visit. Michael had told me, and I had a report on this, that basically it was Notre Dame and Wisconsin felt like the two early favorites for. Michael Roski in the 2025 class. He had, was an also a player. There's a it's Roski, really? Oh, okay. All right, apparently it's Roski. I, I was told that it was Roski, but okay. Uh, anyway, Wisconsin offensive lineman. <laughs> um, Notre Dame, Wisconsin were looked at as the two schools that were high on the list for the talented offensive lineman. And coming into this weekend, though, it was very interesting because. He was a player that Notre Dame had offered this offseason. So it was, it was a little bit low, later on the radar than some players. Basically, a, a great conversation that happened for Michael this weekend was not so much the typical recruiting jargon of like, you know, we love you and we want you. I mean, Notre Dame did say that, right? But there were more to this about, I had put out a little bit of an intel piece on Michael. Basically, in the second game of the season, he had torn in his right knee, his meniscus, and his ACL. So he's out for the rest of the year. And if you see the pictures of him, he's got obviously the brace on. So you saw him on campus, and he talked to me a lot about him, Marcus Freeman, Joe Rudolph had a conversation, like a de- like a meeting type of thing, where they talked about the injury. 
because we'll see this every year, guys, is that like not even just Notre Dame, a school will be high on a player, but then an injury happens. And it's just like the future is just a little bit in question. Right. And it's just, will you still take them? Will they come back the same? There's a lot of struggling questions that kind of happen after that. But it sounds like Michael, from my conversation with him, feels really good about the conversation that they had this weekend about them being on the same page and comfortable with where the injury is right now. And I think that this is a really good step to be able to have that type of real conversation with the staff, right? Like to let them know, Hey, you know, you know about this injury. I just want to talk about timeline and like what, what, you know, what the rehab is going to look like and all that type of stuff. So I anticipate Notre Dame still recruiting this young man very hard. What the offensive line ends up offensive line class in 2025 ends up looking like. I have my questions of just for like what it's ultimately going to look like from a combination perspective. I think Notre Dame is going to put together a really good offensive line class in 2025, but there's several combinations that I can technically see. But I think Michael Roski, as someone just corrected me in the chat, getting him to campus and just kind of seeing him firsthand, I think was a big step for the staff. And I think it really did kind of settle his nerves. Cause let's be honest guys, like you're put yourself in the position there. You're a high, you're a highly thought of recruit that has offers from pretty much every Midwest school, which we know that that's where offensive linemen come from and are developed the best in my opinion anyway. And then you have an injury as a junior where you're just like, dang, that could really hurt my chances as a recruit. So having a, a this type of conversation, I think was a, a big thing for a guy like Michael, right. And being able to just kind of lay it all out there and to talk about timelines. I think it's a really great thing for Michael to get to campus and be able to talk. So really instrumental in my opinion. Two 2025 linebackers I wanted to hit on, two guys that I think Notre Dame is incredibly high on. One is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, St. Joe's prep linebacker, Anthony Sacka, who plays safety in high school for St. Joseph's. You'll see him playing a lot of free safety, like middle of the field stuff. But being projected by Notre Dame as a rover, potentially, in their 2025 class, he's had a fascinating recruitment. I would say right now, Notre Dame, Penn State are the top two schools for Anthony Saka, in my opinion. One is his father, Tony Saka, obviously played at Penn State, which there's a lineage there, right? There's a there's a legacy, although that doesn't always matter. Tim Hash, that was funny, man. That was funny. Uh, for people that aren't, aren't people that are listening, maybe on the podcast platform after the chat, but uh, Tim said yes, that sure sounds great, and it's funny because the mic's called sure <laughs> dad joke. Sorry. So Anthony Saka, Penn State uh, legacy, obviously that gives him a little bit of get a little bit of a leg in there. But the great thing is that his father has actually given Notre Dame a little bit of momentum there as well because Tony Saka played at Penn State with Al Golden, who was a really good tight end at Penn State as well. So Al Golden's had a relationship with Tony, with Anthony Saka, or, and Tony Saka for that matter, for a long time now, for a long time, which I think was a great leg in initially. This 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 trip was really really cool, though, because you had, I'd heard Al Golden's name associated with, with Anthony every time you know, consistently. But... Two people that were talked about more this time than I'd heard in the past, which I thought was interesting, was one was Marcus Freeman, which not surprised there. Marcus Freeman talks to everyone. But the other one was, of course, Max Bulla, who's the linebacker, de facto linebacker coach for Notre Dame as well. This is a priority player, in my opinion, guys. And I think we're starting to see that, is that 
they are now getting multiple coaches on this one and continuing to really push for this guy. Because this is, in my opinion, a Notre Dame-Penn State battle in the end. I think Notre Dame has a chance. And if you see any of the pictures and just the conversation from this past weekend, I did a little bit of a recap with Anthony as well. I think, Notre Dame, I think he's very high on Notre Dame. But it is going to be a tough pool. It is. You have to battle it out, right? You have to battle it out. It's a legacy versus an in, but you have to show them that Notre Dame is a better spot for them. So, Anthony Saka, though, I think Notre Dame is in a good spot. They just need to continue to kind of keep plugging away, man. They have that opportunity with, with a couple good visits. By the way, with how much Wawa iced tea I drink on this podcast, man, they really need to sponsor the podcast. I'm going to have to call someone about that. Christian Jones, linebacker out of Omaha, Nebraska, West Side. If Omaha, Nebraska, West Side sounds familiar to you all, it's because Teddy Rezac in the 2024 class linebacker is committed to Notre Dame out of West Side. Christian Jones is, is a 6'3", 215, 220-pound inside linebacker who I feel like Notre he liked Notre Dame coming into the visit, but he had never been to Notre Dame until this visit. This was the first time. So he actually went on the trip with Teddy Rezac. They got there early. They got this. Actually, I'm sorry. They did not get there early. So they actually missed college game day. But they got a chance to experience the whole campus, got a chance to hang out with a bunch of other recruits. Really good first visit for Christian Jones. And this is a this is a this is my one of my favorite kids, though, because he's like almost like an offensive lineman recruit in the sense of I don't think Christian really cares that much about recruiting from like the media perspective, right? Like getting his name out there and talking about rankings and that type of stuff. He just legitimately is trying to find a good home for himself. Ultimately. I think Nebraska is high on his list. I think Notre Dame's high on his list after this weekend, especially, but this is one where his perspective has just been the season, the college, the high school season. I want to win a state championship again because they won it last year in the state of Nebraska. So I think that's been the priority. Recruiting is just something that's kind of happening in the free time right now. So I wouldn't expect this one to be done anytime soon, but I think that Notre Dame is plugging away and continuing to steadily build momentum here because you don't have to have all the momentum right now with Christian Jones because he's not going to make a decision tomorrow. You need to just be consistent over the next couple months, and then hopefully you're in a good position when he ultimately makes makes his commitment. Last guy I want to talk about, just a quick conversation on Noah Grubbs, who is a star quarterback out of the state of Florida. Young man that is already listed at six foot four and 215 pounds, despite being just a sophomore. So 2026 kid. He's out of Lake Mary High School in the state of Florida. A young man that in four games so far has 23 touchdown passes, leads the state of Florida in touchdown passes. Again, guys, he's only a sophomore. And he plays against some really good competition in the state of Florida, by the way. He came to campus with his dad and his quarter, private quarterback coach, Balin Trujillo, who's actually one of the better uh, quarterback coaches, private quarterback coaches or in high school football in general, guys that work with high schoolers. Came there with them. He had also offered a he had been offered a scholarship after he camped at Notre Dame this offseason. Guys, this guy's gonna be a dude, right? Like he's a completely different type than what you have in 2025 with Deuce Knight. Deuce Knight is much more of the dual threat quarterback. Noah can move in the pocket, but this kid's a pocket passer, man. Really strong arm, really good instinctual passer for his age. I think that he's going to be one of the guys that Notre Dame's pushed for. And that's just kind of my speculation, but they've offered him already. 
Got him on campus a second time. A cool note is that, uh, let me find the exact quote I had on him, but it was really neat, neat to hear about. So he, when he was on campus, he was there with his, he was at one point, he was just hanging out with his quarterback coach on the field before the game. And coach Freeman and Gino Gadouli both walked up to him. Well, they, they've been having a conversation with him. Coach Freeman actually walked up to him, and this is a direct quote that I had in a piece about Noah, who said, I'm very happy and excited you came here. Now let's get you to stay here. It's pretty cool. Cool little note in my opinion. Let's get you to stay here. Really talented kid, man. I, I am very high on Noah Grubbs in the 2026 class. Somebody asked the other day to talk about 2026 quarterbacks. So here we are, guys. You got me to talk about 2026 quarterbacks. Congratulations. That's Noah Grubbs out of the state of Florida in the 2026 class. Had a really nice first visit to campus for Notre Dame. And uh, yeah, man, I I think, I think that Notre Dame recruiting quarterback position has been night and day over the last couple of years, right? You got Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr, Deuce Knight, and now you're looking at some really good 2026 quarterbacks already. So a uh, good place to be. And that's Noah Grubbs, quarterback out of the state of Florida. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.